Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Right. Here we go. Three, two, one. No, don't do that. Never do that again. <laughs> 20 minutes in, episode 208, and I am joined this week by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Yes, you are. And I'm your host, Jamie. And how are we doing this week, lads? That's all right. Um, it's another storm, I noticed. Uh, we're recording for the second consecutive Monday in the, the midst of some... Some weather we're having. It's been raining, basically. I mean, this is entertaining, entertaining <laughs> intro to a podcast, but it has been raining non-stop for two weeks. I'm surprised we're not under six feet of water. Yeah, I know. What I want to know is why they didn't play the Rangers-Livy game when they intended to play because the weather was no better the following <laughs> no. day. <laughs> was, there was no improvement. Um, what a roller coaster week it's been for Celtic Melee from absolutely breezing it against Hearts to struggling in the wind against Aberdeen. Yeah, but there's only one way we are going, and that is up on this roller coaster. We ain't going down. It's not much of a roller coaster, is it? Well, no, you're quite right. It's not a roller coaster. Um, I think that's more of a lift. It is a lift. What did Steve? What did Stephen Gerrard call us? Relentless. Yes, he did. Oh, uh, or did he? Because he didn't name any names, did he? He was so cryptic in it. No one understood what he was talking I'm about. I'm starting to get. I'm starting to understand something about Stephen Gerrard, right? It, Real, real high intelligent operator. You know, he's like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. surgeon or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, he says things without actually saying things. You know, he says, My fault, I'm going to take full responsibility because I signed all those duds. Is, base, <laughs> is basically what it is. So he protected the team there. And then I don't know if you saw, he was commenting on the Man City thing. No, but I, I realised that he, he was talking about it, so please enlighten me. Basically what he said was, look, I'm not going to comment on it and then spent five minutes talking about it. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, he's got his own strings, hasn't he? I know. He's, he's a master re- manipulator. I just I somehow don't think that the Rangers manager is going to have many strong opinions about teams potentially getting retroactively docked points for <laughs> financial cheating. <laughs> and I think Jim Trainer will get a hold of him and say, we don't talk about uh, that yeah, here. No, God, no. don't know what you're talking about. Um, so this is the flagship podcast out every Monday. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you like what we do. We offer a Patreon service where this week on Patreon especially, we are going Copenhagen heavy. Yes. We're going to have a dedicated preview. Yep. Uh, we're all off to Copenhagen. So we're going to have like, we're going to try a bit of vlogging at the game and a bit yeah, of travel yeah. vlogging. We're going to put that up in the Patreon, see how that goes. We're going to have a Melly, Jamie and Stephen at the match. Uh, you're after- not invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the Copenhagen game over in Copenhagen. So full 360 degree coverage of the Copenhagen game coming up uh, on the Patreon 
And if you'd like to... Like a bunch of old guys producing content for the internet. That's I, what it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what time. it's going to be like. <laughs> As I said before, we are not your Selic dads. We are your Selic older brothers. And it's exactly who we're going to be next week. It's been a busy week this week as well for oh, yes. Patreon. It's been jam-packed. I believe we received a tweet saying, no way, an unreal amount of content. That's not our words. Those are the words of our kind patrons. And do you, do you know what it is as well, Stephen? You know... It's not the quantity of content that matters. It's the quality it of is, content yes. that matters. And we'll get there eventually with the quality. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's been... We, we mentioned that a wee bit last week. We've had another fine entry from the History Boys who did a, a huge... Unreal. Look, yeah, look into the life and times of one Jimmy McGrory, as as I mentioned last week, a gold star, certified grade A Selic legend baller. And we had... Having a rank, the, the slightly delayed second part <laughs> of the, the top 50 moments of the 2010 that rounded it off nicely. You all know it's going to be number one, but it's a journey to get there. And of course, we had a, we had Melee the Match, our match reaction podcast, which was right after the Hearts game. And you two were a couple of giggling schoolgirls <laughs> coming out of that game. No bevy involved, no, just, no, just high on life. I was caffeinated right now. That, <laughs> that may have added to it, but oh, that, that was a lovely old time. Um, second time I've said that in the podcast, but that, that was a thoroughly enjoyable evening out for a couple of the TMT boys. Uh, it was one of those games where... As we've just mentioned, the weather has been dreadful, and during the day you're like, "Oh, can I really, yes. can I really be bored with this?" But again, we've got a duty. We've got a duty to our patrons, and we, we went along. The first question I asked on the episode was, "What are we doing here?" Stop um, complaining about no, no. it. But then, well, as I say, I'm just I'm building up here. I'm painting a wee picture of how miserable I was. What a night! What a night <laughs> I had. And you, as you, you said that Jamie, we were like a couple of giggling schoolgirls after it. We were buzzing with excitement because it was just a thoroughly great night uh, for more reasons than one uh, obviously there was another result at play which more was thoroughly enjoyable none. but we'll get into it and it was just a very enjoyable evening and if you want to hear more from us other than the Monday podcast this one you're listening to you can check all that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims there's also a link on our twitter um, yeah there's various tiers there go check it out and yep. pick one whatever suits you Celtic 5 hearts now as I said, a thoroughly enjoyable <laughs> evening out and I was quite interested to see what hearts were going to be like because, uh, as I've said on here before, I don't like hearts, I don't wish them any success, but what I didn't really want was for another foreign manager to come in and give everyone a cause to just ridicule them yes. and just, just fall into that old trap of you know the old dinosaur chat about how you know foreign managers don't work, you need somebody who knows the league, yada yada. So I was interested to see what they were going to be like. We noted previously that they were getting more into a sort of a, a, an aggressive, energetic pressing game, yes. but without, was, without the players. What was it called? Jurgen Klopp, Melee, Gagan Press? Yeah, yeah. So people have been calling this Gorgi Press. <laughs> That's quite good. That's or quite Stendhal like. Press. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but they didn't have the players to do it. You know, they've, cleared, no, they absolutely don't. they've cleared some of the, they still don't, but at least they've cleared out some of the guys in their mid-30s that they were um, clogging up the squad previously. Are these players any better than the ones that were there? Highly debatable, but they are at least younger. <laughs> no doubt about that. But they were miserable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they they made it kind of stodgy at first. They went in a kind of 4-1-4-1 to start with and then made a really early substitution, taking off one of the young boys, yep. bringing on Washington, who in fairness, I think he scored against Celtic this season. Changed that about a bit, stuck Nazy, we'll talk about him, Aye. talk about that boy, stuck him more on the kind of right to find, form a 4-3-3, but they're not, they're not a particularly great team. Even the, the guys that the media kind of raves about, 
I'm never particularly impressed with him. See the likes of your Halkett and Suter and all that. Suter actually took a free kick in the first half. It was right in front of where myself and Melly sit. It was one of those ones where he he just strode up to the ball, thinking, right, if they go away, I've got this, I've got this, don't worry about it. Strode up, swaggered up to the ball and just chipped it at like waist height into a crowd of players and Julian had to stoop to head it. It was so bad. I was, like sometimes somebody, an opposition player does something really bad and you laugh. Aye. But this time I was, it was actually so bad I was offended. <laughs> like I was actually thinking, is that serious enough to phone the police <laughs> over that, that free kick? The thing, the thing about it is, right, I don't want to come over all Chris Boyd, all the sort of person that you just maligned there. But you're looking at Hart's position and you're thinking, Maybe you should. They just get a guy that knows the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're they're sinking like a stone. I think they've only won one out of eleven against Rangers, though. So you <laughs> yeah. know, if you're a, going to win one game, that's it. A couple it, in the cup. The, the, since Boxing Day, I think they've only lost a couple, including against Celtic. But they they're not winning games either, yeah. as you said. The, at the very least, they've stopped the relentless losing streak that they were doing under Craig Levine so which is something I just expected no to see a bit more from Hearts you know Stendhal was talking before the game how he wanted to come out he wanted to attack Celtic he wanted to try and play a bit of his game Melly. and then you, you were watching you think is this all I mean this is Hearts this Hearts are supposed to be a difficult team and you're watching it going is this all you've got mm-hmm. yeah well the first half Celtic got the, the goal but I was I'm like Stephen. I thought. I hope this guy doesn't come in and absolutely flop because it just gives them an excuse to yeah. go. Should have got so and so, but he took off that Anthony McDonald and put Nazy out there. And as soon as the game kicked off from that, Celtic went down that left hand side and scored. He's like, what are you doing? Wait till half time <laughs> to make the substitution. Why are you rinsing some wee eighteen no, year old was boy? Twenty eight minutes or something. Yeah. Needless, but Celtic got the goal from that, which is brilliant because it's Nazi's man that gets away, <laughs> and it, it's his fault because he was particularly annoying in that game. But Celtic, after that, it got a bit stodgy. Stephen Stead and Hearts came into the game, and while they didn't create any chances, you thought, see if they score here, it's going to be Celtic's fault because they've not yeah. they've not taken a grip of this game, but. Second half just blew them away and the hearts, they did look pathetic. Second half was amazing, but um, we'll get into that. But I just wanted to pick up on what Melly said there about um, getting a bit stodgy. There was a period that I think we were talking about the same thing, where maybe about 10, 15 minutes to go in the first half where Celtic looked a wee bit, a wee bit ropey. For some reason, Scott Brown had an uncharacteristic like, wee, wee wobble twice. for a bit. <laughs> he kept getting nutmegged as well. I uh, kept giving the ball away as well. None of, this, none of this amounted to anything, but it was just that that period where I agree with you, if, you, if we'd maybe conceded a lucky goal, you'd have been really disappointed to their, their quality. Naismith, who... <laughs> he's sunk into midfield now he's, yep. he started that he's game he's doing that field. thing aye, aye. Aye, he had the Sc- Scotland's win Rooney <laughs> yes. so he ended up for a wee bit Bill further Kenny Miller aye. he's dropping deeper and being more of a banger aye. Oh, he's, he's a toad of a boy isn't he yes. Stephen Raysmith uh, he really enjoys it in fairness to him but the best antagonists are also very very good and they're dangerous players he's not really doing much of that his game is mainly smiling at the fans and giving wee gestures and getting involved and grinning at folk. Not much else to him. Does that, he, he does, you know, Naismith, to be fair to him, has played at a decent level. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. He's, he must be one of these players that looks around that heart side and go, oh, what am I dealing with here? <laughs> you know, desperately trying. And you could get that impression from one or two of the hearts players that they're just no up to it. And one of them is, is that goalkeeper. See when Celtic's oh. first goal came in, he palms it right out to the danger area he palms it to the penalty spot and then Cham knocks it in at the goal but at that point when you watch it I think there's like half a dozen hearts players in the box and they're all looking all of them turn to him the keeper with their hands out and go 
WTF? <laughs> <laughs> that that shot from Edward is catchable. Never mind palming out to your own player or palming out to the side. He could have caught that. It was straight at him, and he just sort of palmed it. It just he looks like a bad keeper. Now I know he's on loan from Man United. Inexplicably, I don't know. I can't see him ever getting a game there. That can go wrong for people. I mean, Tyler Blackett. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Has there anyone ever gone on loan from Man United to the Scottish Premiership and been good? No. Terrible. James Wilson, of course, oh, who's now, now since left Aberdeen. I see the the first goal. I wanted to say well done to Greg Taylor because yeah, he he just leaves Nazi for dead, but he cuts inside. But he waits till Odds and Edward drifts out to the left and then cuts inside. Yeah. My problem with bowling goalie was he cut inside into a crowd of players, yes. whereas yeah. Greg Taylor waited. Uh, until Edward went out and then the ball's fed out to Edward he gets the shot away and there's Encham following up so I good thought Greg Taylor this was, this was Greg Taylor's best game in a Celtic shot yep. I feel like we keep saying that now so he must yeah. be he must be doing get, something right this, yeah. well, this is what we said a couple of weeks ago but Greg Taylor wasn't it he's a good player he yeah. just needs the confidence and he needs in my opinion he just needs the confidence and he also needs to maybe understand how good the players are around him now yeah. you know and, and, and he's, start, he's definitely starting to come into it say he needs a run of games come on he needs a run of games. Well, he does. Well, yeah. we did. Say, we did. I did say yeah. that about Greg Taylor at the time. You know, he is one player who does need a run of games, as opposed to say Patrick Clamalla, who probably <laughs> wouldn't benefit from a run of games. Which is why it's great now that Greg Taylor has come on to a game that he's been cut down in his prime and is injured, forced off injured against Aberdeen. That's terrific news. Uh, but I, no, I, I thought he was great. Um, I wanted to mention that first goal was was brilliant. The keeper was like, very very dodgy to say the least. But in Cham. The, the thing I like, really liked about it was when Cham started it off deep in his yep. own half and then finished it in. A lovely wee turn. It had a wee touch and turn and he played the pass out. And from then on, he gets on the, the end. It, you can only... You, you want that from your number 10 if if he's going to be following in chances like that, then that's that's perfect. This continues the theme, Melly, of Neil Lennon getting the absolute best out of Cham. Now, Neil Lennon is many things and there was people worried about him at the beginning of the season about you know does he do tactics does he do analysis is he a bit of a dinosaur is is his dressing room method a bit too aggressive a bit too shouty shouty and no you know that what I suppose what they're trying to call Neil Lennon was is he a blunt instrument but when you're looking around this pitch Griffiths back for the brink and Cham wanted to leave in the summer he's doing absolutely fantastically well Edward's playing some of the best football of his career yeah. you know all these guys Neil Lennon is, is really he's doing a great job of getting the best out of the players that, that he's got here some of them that we've written off yeah he's found a way to get these guys into the team he's found a way to get them going as well like guys like Cham I think I don't know if he'd be heavily motivated by Lennon but Lennon seems to get in there and say look I need to see more from you if you, at the end of the day, if he wants a move or whatever he wants, he wants to move on to the next level, which he will because he wants yeah. to be a French international probably, he's going to have to earn that move. And the way to do that is to play well for Celtic. We've seen said it so many times. We've seen games in the past. The guy is tremendous at football. He's absolutely brilliant <laughs> yeah. at, with a ball at his feet. And he, he was spraying passes about. You just want to see more of that. And I think that's exactly what Neil Lennon will say to him. Look, man of the match against Hearts, Let's see that more often. And I know it's difficult. We do forget he is a young guy. Mm. So, But uh, we seem to be getting the best out of a lot of players. And you know what I say all the time? Competition kills complacency. And this is the strongest our squad has looked for a long time because we're getting a lot of players back fit. Some cracking benches were turning yeah. out these days. Um, uh, just what, what you were saying there, Jamie, on the, Neil Lennon, what he's doing with these players. Even if you were to sort of play devil's advocate or play devil's avocado a wee bit... Um, <laughs> 
and, <laughs> and say that if you're going to be cruel about it, take away Edward and Cham because these are guys who are developing into their careers. They're going to get better and better anyway. But with the cast iron evidence for Lennon's influences is Griffiths because is he playing the best of his career? No, probably not. But look at what he's come back from. Yeah. Look what he's look how he's playing compared to where he was in football six, eight, twelve months ago. That is remarkable. No, absolutely. Um, and Griffiths is in great form. Didn't get on the score sheet here. Five separate scorers and none of the front two managed to get on. Well, on uh, that, well, Celtic have now scored ten goals against Hearts this season. None of them from strikers whatsoever. None yeah, of them from recognised strikers. Also, want a point of order here. Yeah, we in the past have heavily joked at the old Celtic da line that, you know, we're no scoring enough goals, you need to get two up front. Melly, one of his famous catchphrases, you know, two up front, you know, that means more goals. We say that ironically quite a lot in this podcast. Regular listeners will spot yeah. it. Have we got a bit of a humble pie to beat in here because we're scoring more goals? Is it because we've got two strikers in the Yeah, them are scoring though. But that's, that's why I brought it up yeah. at this moment in time. <laughs> scored seven goals this week and none of them for strikers. The strikers are little slugs this week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing from then. The goal breakdown against Hearts this season. Two from Encham, two from McGregor, two from Christie, one from Julian, one Jozo and two on goals. Unfortunately taken Bio. away from Bio. Okay. <laughs> he would have been the only striker that scored against Hearts this season. Griffiths turn provider uh, for Julian to get his first goal against Hearts. Seventh goal of the season. It's not bad. It's not bad, is it? Good return, isn't it? What was your, uh, what was your bold prediction at the beginning of the season? Because you made one about centre-half scoring goals, didn't you? Well, I've got two this week because uh-huh. yeah, my prediction was going to be... And it's going to become well under now. It's going to be... I've understated it. I said that Julian, the two Christophers, Julian and Ayer, would combine for a total of 11 goals between them. They yeah. must have 10 already. Depends how you worded it. If you said the two centre-backs, Ayer scored two from right-back, you're not getting them. So. Oh, well, right. well, that's it. Yeah, well, they have scored 10 between them already. Ayer's on three, Julian's on seven. It's good to have Lee Griffiths back because finally now, Melly, we've got someone that can take a corner. Yep, and astonishingly, we get another goal from a corner there, but this was right after half-time, and as we seen just getting towards half-time, it was a bit bit sluggish from Celtic, but come out straight after half-time. Griffith whips it in, great ball. Julian, like a salmon above everyone again, even if the, the keeper... Another one the keeper probably up. could have saved. Mm. Another one the keeper probably Decent could have header, saved. but I'm not giving that keeper any credit. And 2-0, that's it. Just after half-time, I think that's us. Job done, because Hearts ain't coming back from this, because they barely created anything. So that old Griffiths and Boyata combo from, mm. from no, yesteryear, eh? from the corners. We've not really seen much of that since, obviously, because Griffiths has been out of the game. We don't have Boyata anymore, but we didn't really have that, that reliable danger man in the box for a while. Not since Glenn Lovins. <laughs> no, no, you're right, yeah. <laughs> a deep cut there, I wasn't expecting to hear the name. <laughs> Callum McGregor, must be, a, must be a listener, because we spent a lot of last week's podcast talking them up about how crucial he is um, for Celtic at the moment. He managed to get himself in the score sheet here. The pack of the goals? Oh, yes, 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, just before we move on to Callum McGregor, by the way, just got to say, Julian's knee slide. Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I don't mean to say that what, as well. What was that shit? I love that. I, I love a completely failed mess of a knee slide mm. and there's something quite joyous about it I don't know why because he was forced to basically just laugh about it and he got up and did his wee, his wee Superman thing yes. after he'd made a complete <laughs> bollocks of his, his celebration I, I, part of me just enjoys that especially if players are coming in at the back of him they end up basically on top of him or all that just, just all adds to the fun a great knee slide is terrific but a ballsed up knee slide <laughs> oh, yeah. is sometimes even better but this is a guy who has executed the knee slide perfectly oh, this yeah. season oh, remember that final. one where he, yeah, where he slid and then turned around in, yeah. in mid slide and faced his, faced his teammates that was incredible but this one <laughs> a, a 3 out of 10 <laughs> that's generous yeah so the pick of the goals Melly Callum McGregor yeah the guy 
look, we know how good Edward's been this season, but as we get into the new year, since we came back from the break, Cal McGregor has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And this is a Cal McGregor that gives you 7, 8 out of 10. It's been 8 or 9 since oh, yeah. the start of the year. He's been incredible, just so consistent, but consistently immense. He's just, apart from Edward, get him in the team sheet, first name on for oh, me. Yeah. Because he's just, he's everything. He's absolutely everything. And finish this off with aplomb, but the... The move for this is incredible. What, and, Edward's footwork once again? Well, I was going to go back to Encham. Encham and Forrest absolutely tearing it up down That, that. pass from Encham, he, he somehow disguises it and basically bends it. It kind of turns it around a corner, around Hearts players. It's absolutely brilliant. James Forrest as well. Another, he's building himself back up. He's getting a lot better these days. Some of his close control and touches, as we've mm. seen in the Motherwell game. Balls fired at him that aren't that easy. And he put that one across for McGregor last week. Again, this week, it's just him and Cham play it. And Cham gets the ball out and whips it right across to the other side from right to left in no time. McGregor running at them. He's faster than you think, Callum McGregor. Oh, We've seen it in the Aberdeen game as well. Plays it out to Greg Taylor. And again, Greg Taylor doesn't whip it in aimlessly. Yep. Has a look up, takes his time, waits till the defender has to sort of commit to him which leaves Cal McGregor free, cuts it back through somebody's legs and the keeper's got the cheek to moan about anything. It was a, <laughs> absolutely, it was one of the best team goals of the season. Yeah. We, had, we had a talk a couple of weeks ago, Stephen, where we said, we sat down on imaginary Greg Taylor and we said, what is Johnny Hayes doing that you're not doing? Because that's yeah, what you need yeah. to do to get in the side. Now we want to sit an imaginary Johnny Hayes down and say, see those crosses that Greg Taylor's putting in and the yeah. cam cutbacks and actually picking a body out? That's what you should be doing if you ever play for us again. But Definitely. we'll talk about we'll talk about him when we get to the Aberdeen game. McGregor is—he's one of these guys. He's kind of like James Forrest. You mentioned his speed there. He doesn't look fast because he's all—he's all angles. He's all yeah. arms everywhere, and he looks as if he's struggling to run. It's the same with Forrest, and you don't realise how fast he's travelling until that wee bit of daylight starts appearing. If he's running like one on one, where it's just a foot race between a guy, they're kind of neck and neck, not neck and neck when it comes to James Forrest, but <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're tied until a point, and you just see them just stretching away a bit. McGregor's the same; he's very deceptively quick. This is great when there's lots of goals to talk about. Isn't <laughs> That's isn't what it? You want, isn't it? Uh, next up, Ryan Christie. The boy can't stop scoring. I mean, he's not been playing a lot of football, but he seems every time he's on a park, he scores a goal. Yeah, he's, he's doing well. He, he's had to bide his time a bit because the midfield three of Encham, eh, Brown and McGregor's been playing great, so there's no reason to drop them. But he came on for Griffiths, sort of played off Edward, and we switched the formation, dropped to a back four and put Christie out on the right-hand side. And yeah, that's where his goal comes from. Again, Greg Taylor crosses the ball, it is meant for Edward, but just somebody gets a wee slight touch and it goes behind, and there's Ryan yeah. Christie coming in that inside right. Good finish again over the keeper. I don't know. Every time it goes in, I look at the keeper. Uh, but it was the a good finish, was Christie. It was a wee deflection on this yeah. one, right enough. But you, you make your own luck, as we always said. You Nineteen say, goals and yeah. fifteen assists in all competitions for Ryan Christie this season already. You say you can't stop scoring, but that's actually his first goal in seven appearances for don't him. Don't make me look that. stupid <laughs> in the podcast, Stephen. <laughs> The, the last team he scored against was Hearts in the 18th of December, so he likes likes a goal against Hearts. Fourth oh. top goal scorer in the league, just one behind Alfredo Morelos. Mm. So his value's going up and up and up. Not only that, you mentioned Lee Griffiths, the crosses from corners. It's made him up his game as well. It was him that whipped in the one for Jozo. It was a delicious ball in, and Jozo can do nothing but head that in the back of the net. So that's Christie. Come on, goal and an assist. Greg Taylor, 
two assists in that game. Yeah. That's more than Bolingo and Hayes have got all season put together, probably, isn't it? Joseph could have had another one in the game as well. He had a, a kind of scissor kick, oh, a kind of overhead kick thing that came off the post and to which Brown followed up and it kind of deflected up onto the bar. So it, it could have been more on the day, but to come away from it could have been six with a, a defender getting a brace and again, no striker scoring. We kind of we made a mistake, Melly, on Melly at the match by saying it was the first goal Jozo had scored since the you know the famous iconic goal, the Billy McNeil uh, 67th minute goal last season. But it actually wasn't. Weirdly, do you remember, he, he actually scored in the next game. He scored in consecutive games, Jozo. That was the way to Aberdeen. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the game. Forget, yeah, game Lustig scored. Yeah, uh, that was the league, uh, the league winner. That's right. I mean, that fifth goal that Jozo scored quite unbelievably. That topped our last season's overall goal tally in the league. He doesn't Al- sc- already. He doesn't score often, but he makes history every time. <laughs> he does. Has, he? 12, 12 games left at this point. Well, at that point in the league, and we've already beaten last season's scoring record. I don't think. Many people saw that one coming at the beginning of the season, did they, Melly? No, they didn't, but we did something this season that we didn't do last season and was bought players, so you can see why it maybe worked out. But Neil Lennon's got Celtic playing a different kind of football. We've seen it from a lot of the goals, especially the McGregor one and the uh, winner against Aberdeen. It's one two touch out it's yeah. one touch out your feet and away. There's no hold on to the ball. It's get the ball forward, uh, a forward pass quickly. And we're shredding teams at the moment. We're taking teams apart. We, we Aberdeen game is a bit tough, but every game we've played so far, apart from the Thistle game, we've looked like scoring every time we go at the pitch. I know a lot is made of the, the these goals. We've all seen them. They come out, and you know there was forty seven passes in the, the build up to this game, and that's all fine and well. But what you tend to find with the goals that are scored like that is a lot of kind of passing from side to side, and then they'll re- that recycle possession. Yeah. They'll come back again. But there's nothing quite like a fast breakaway goal that has three passes in it, Aye. as opposed to 47. There's something quite quite satisfying about scoring those. So that was the drama at Celtic Park. Ah, it's a wee bit more, come, sir. Well, there was drama elsewhere as the news <laughs> yeah. um, frittered through Celtic Park that Stephen Gerrard's Rangers were crumbling under the pressure of a, an, a resurgent Kilmarnock under the stewardship of Alex Dyer. Yeah. Um, that was, you could tell... As it rippled through the stadium, it was party time oh, at the full time so whistle. Right. What, 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 what time did the Kelly goal go in? Eamon Brophy's goal? 77 minutes, Stephen O'Donnell scored, and Aye. then Brophy was in the last minute. Aye. Taggy sounding names as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> even, it's even better. <laughs> Everybody in that Kilmarnock side was absolutely jubilant. They, <laughs> it's like they'd won. It's like Kilmarnock, you know, Kilmarnock yeah. were on the brink, they were sinking, they weren't happy under their new manager. They got in Alex Dyer, he brought back players like Kirk Broadfoot, guys that. Really, really, Kilmarnock stalwarts. The club means a lot to Kirk Broadfoot. So when <laughs> Eamon Brophy scored that goal, the look on his face. <laughs> did you see this? Yes. Did you see it? He's standing there like one yeah. of the... Do you know what he looks like? What those, Stephen, what those big stone heads out in the Caribbean? Uh, the Easter Island ones Aye. are right. He yeah. was standing there like one of those Easter Island guys. <laughs> <laughs> face made of stone. It's, it's honestly, it's a, look it up. It's, it's hilarious. Rangers... Um, Rangers are really struggling with it. We, we, we touched on it at the beginning, but Rangers are struggling with the pressure of, of this league, aren't they? It's, I don't think you can underestimate, though, how much Celtic are doing to them. Oh. Yeah, because the fact that Steven Gerrard, as you said, could even, bring it, could even mention the word no. Celtic, but they know when they go one behind or when they, they lose a game or when it's no happening for them, at the back of their head, they must know, God, man, Celtic are going to win 4-0 today. 
You know, the, and, and it's that pressure. It's the pressure that Celtic are putting on them that we they talk, can't deal with. Sorry, we, we talk on here all the time about psychological advantages and, and so on, that things along those lines. And you've got Stephen Gerrard out there after the game talking about how brilliant Celtic are. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. not, not with those, those words, but he's talking about that how, you know, Celtic are relentless and his, he can't find a decent player, basically. He's like, I'm signing all these duds. Like, again, not in all these words, but that's basically the, the, the vibe he's given off in the press. I can't do anything right with these these pish players I've got. They're not anywhere near as good as me. I can't, can't fashion well, a decent that, team out of them. They're relentless. So what are they going to think? Like they, The pressure they are under now for the rest of the season is unbelievable, and it's only their managers doing. It's. I think you touched on something there. It's. I think he's doing that age-old thing where he's struggling, Melly, with... He's a Stephen Gerrard's a born winner, right? He was yeah. he's Stephen Gerrard's whole thing throughout his whole playing career was work, hard work, determination, winning attitude, winning mentality, and that that's what Rangers obviously thought they were brought in, bringing in. But you can tell Melly that he's not the first manager it's happened to, but he really seems to be struggling with the guys he's got in that team, guys that he signed for like. So, I mean, he's bringing them in for Aberdeen, Kilmarnock, Hibs, and he's looking at these guys going. Why are you no winners? Why? And, hey, it, and you can understand. You it, can understand why they're not. It is difficult because he has been at the highest level. Be he didn't manage to win the league, which is still hilarious. But <laughs> you'll, you'll never win the league. You've seen it with Roy Keane. Spoke about it. Guys like Rude Hula have spoke about it. They Glenn can't. Yeah. They can't understand why guys don't want to be as good as they can be. Why they're, they're happy to settle. And it's a it's a difficult thing to understand sometimes though because and it's something we discussed in the podcast years ago. He must be looking at a player like although he's got his favourites, he, he'll be looking at like Ryan Jack or Joe Rebo and he's going, "I was world class." Now I'm not expecting you guys to be world class. You'll never be world class, but everything is provided here for you to be much better than you are, and you're <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, and you're yeah. unable to do it. And and those sorts of frustrations are growing. That I was I heard a rumor midweek that. There's a wee bit of disquiet in the Rangers camp in the fact that Steven Gerrard has got his favourites and everyone else can beat it, basically. And and when you read these interviews, you can sort of tell that. How many times has he done a gushing interview about Ryan Jack? Steven, Ryan yeah. Jack's crap. <laughs> <laughs> but he's looking at he's going, oh, Ryan Jack's a winner, Ryan Jack wants to be here, and you're thinking... I bet he's crap. Yeah, aye. there's only so much that pattern is going to get you. These get. I mean, we've got one of our own. Uh, the the gives a hundred percent every week. Ah, uh, yeah, aye. Stephen Gerrard. The, the thing what also sets him apart from most managers is that he's very young. So he's he must be only about thirty eight years old. Stephen yeah, Gerrard. Yeah. He's the the best player currently at Rangers, and it must be difficult for him to be. Still, still in physical good nick, and, and definitely the best player at that club. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I read quite an interesting thing midweek in one of the newspapers. I can't remember what one it was, and this is it was another ex hun they were citing. But you know, as a model, it goes to show they were. It was an interview with a, or they referenced an interview with Richard Goff. Remember, he was briefly Livy, yeah, Livy oh, manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Goff was saying how at the time when he was Livy manager, he was forty one, and Richard Goff chucked it because he was at Livy. And he was the best player there. Yeah. And he was saying to people, I can't understand why I'm the best player at this club. I'm 41. And people are saying to Richard Goff, aye, but you've played in the Premier League till you're in your th- late 30s yeah. or 40s. You've nine in a row with Rangers. You played at a high level. 
these guys are, are not your level. But Richard Goff was just like, and then apparently after the Livy experience, that's why he just decided he never wanted to be a manager again, allegedly. See, well, all this, sort of, sorry, Melody, but in there, what we're saying, all these are these are failings of the manager, though. Uh-huh. Yes, that, this it, is it, not that, how to run a team. And yeah. that is exactly what I was coming to, yeah. because what football management is, is not just throwing your toys at the back, they're not as good as that, I was. That's a stupid, absurd attitude to yeah. have. But yeah. And that's the, that's the nuances, whereas yeah. Neil Lennon is, is just touching back to what we said. Neil Lennon is managing his team. He's managing Odson. Odson Edward must have looked at Brendan Rodgers, presumably with all the professionalism and not that Neil Lennon's less professional, but everything that went into Brendan Rodgers managing, you know, that Premier League level and went, this is a manager. And then Neil Lennon comes in and with a different style of manager, there was a real risk that lots of those players could have went, oh, I'm not playing for this. What is this? I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not playing for this. And that's not happened. Neil Lennon has really managed the team. He's managed the personalities. He's brought Griffiths back. He's brought in Jam back. Whereas over the, the motorway there, over the Clyde, <laughs> he's just getting more and more irate he week literally, after week. He literally said at one point that if these players aren't good enough, I'll just go and get better ones. Yeah, he yeah. literally said and that. And then he tried point. it. And the ones yeah. he brought in are worse. <laughs> <laughs> he's brought in 30 odd players and that is what he is. He's meant to be a manager. You're meant to manage players and get the best out of them. If the best isn't good enough, you can't just say to him, fling them under the bus like he always does. Yes. You have to try and get the maximum and then work ways around that. But the way Rangers have came back, they have been slow. What did they get? Only beat Stranra. Hmm. It's been yeah. 2-0, 1-0, the odd goal victories for them. But when Celtic are playing away from home, away to St. Johnston, away to Motherwell, Hearts, they're looking at it and they're getting it's filtering through because we're playing at the same time. The bastards are freeing a lot. It's not even <laughs> half time. Yeah, they're pumping Motherwell away from home. That's them, whatever, up against Aberdeen. And it just piles more pressure on because... The Rangers, it filters down to the Rangers players and it's only what Davis and McGregor that have ever won a league before in there none of them know how to handle it and then they look to the sideline the manager doesn't know how to handle it either <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's, there's different types of relentless Stephen Gerrard called us relentless relentless is winning 5 now, winning 4 now, winning 3 now, winning 4 now. relentless is also when it's going against you and you're not having a good game still coming away yeah. with the points yeah. and I guarantee that Steven Gerrard was watching Celtic play Aberdeen. He would have been watching it in his office and I wouldn't be surprised if they've put in an order for a new telly because he would have been throwing the remote control right through it because that was a game that didn't look as if it was going to go Celtic's way and Christopher Ayer at right back crops up with a winner. Yeah. He must be watching that going, what can I do? What, 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 what can I possibly do? Get Walter in instead of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Murray, get Murray on the phone. I saw Walter Smith the other day, old, old Uncle Walter, uh, just sitting about in a popular... Oh, you text me that and I uh, text you my story. A popular uh, West End restaurant, um, looking like an old guy who's rich as shit. Do That's you know what he looked well, like. On the, on the wine at lunch and everything, it must be brilliant. Do you know who... You, well, you were sitting beside uh, Arch on Walter Smith. No, you weren't sitting beside. No, you, I just you, saw You him, popped yeah. in and saw him in uh, a West End Italian eatery. Yes. Uh, I was having a wee sandwich in another West End Italian eatery. Guess who was sitting beside me having a heart-shaped pizza on Valentine's Day? Diana Ross. No, close. <laughs> Donald Finlay, QC. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, he, he was sitting beside me having a heart-shaped pizza. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, He's a song. He's a song. That's not very strong. Lunch, is it? No. no, no, he was with a lady friend. They were sharing heart shaped pizzas. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Um, so, aside from all the laughing at Rangers and all that, there was a lot of hilarity and celebration on Celtic Twitter and all that sort of thing. A lot and of people. And on the match. And on yeah. the match. A lot of people saying that was the league over. At that point, after the Hearts game, did you think this is it? It's done? Nope. And do you now, today, sitting here, think it's done? 
I think I might have done, and I may as well, I'll come clean with the, the listeners. I think I might have uttered something like that, but I did say I was heavily caffeinated and awfully excited after the game. I might have uttered something along the lines of, that's it. That was quickly, quickly tempered by my broadcasting partner over there, Melly. He, he quickly smacked me down, put me back in my place. Again, if the brogue was on the other foot, I wouldn't be saying, nah, this league's over. If uh, Celtic were... <laughs> I was taking a drink there when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> if Celtic were 10 points behind with two games against Rangers and what, five games after the split, I'd think we could still win it. But Celtic are a better team than Rangers. Yeah. Looking at Rangers since they've come back, if they were to win it, they probably need to win every single game to the end of the season. Is yeah. that going to happen? Even for the best teams, no, it's not going to happen. So, look, Celtic are in a great position. We've had the harder fixtures. We've played Motherwell away twice. We've now played Aberdeen away twice. Yeah. And as we've seen with the split fixtures, I said it a few weeks ago, if it ends up the way it is, Celtic should have five home games. and Never They should happen. have five yeah. away, but that's the way it should be. So Celtic have had the harder fixtures. Rangers are going to get hard games coming up. Celtic have got tough fixtures, two games against them. So I wouldn't say it's over until it's over, but we look really good. And... That Aberdeen game, if we had to come away with a point, you said it's not the worst because we're not going to win every no. game from now to the end of the season. <clears throat> but it's another one ticked off where you thought look, one each probably would have been a fair result. But to go up there in those conditions, things not going your way. Aberdeen, absolute bruisers. Derek mm. McInnes looking like he's getting some. And to still come away with the three points is incredible. We're not going to play well every game. We had a guy go off injured. We had to change the formation. Still three points and Rangers will be just like, what can we do here? Celtic need to win. I've had a wee think I could be wrong. I think they, if they win their next nine games on the trot, then yeah, that's it. That's, right. that's yeah. it. So uh, that includes it, Rangers, is it? But that includes that? Rangers. Right. We'll probably play Rangers twice in that because they'll never let us have a title decider against them. No. Aye, correct. Winning at Ibrox twice in one season. Is a big ask as well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But let's let's talk about this Aberdeen game. As I, as I said, it was a it was a different type of game. We managed to work our way through it. Yeah, it was a, a tough old afternoon, and as you say, terrible conditions for the second week in a row. And it's it's much like the clay game. It's hard to talk about it properly without it without having to say, look, it's a terrible day to be playing, playing yeah. football in. The wind was unbelievable. It looked like, and it wasn't even one of those ones where. You think, right, playing into the wind here, but we'll get the break in the second half and we'll be playing with the wind behind us yeah. and we'll be flying the second half. No, that didn't happen either. It just seemed to be swirling around in every direction. It was like a hurricane was in the in the centre circle. I think Callum McGregor said that after the game as well. He said that there was, it wasn't really going in any one direction. It was basically just swirling all over the place. That's, so, why, they, that's why they call it the wind, they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was um, a very difficult game to, or a, a day to play football in. But Celtic, watching that performance... And I think Neil Lennon sort of hinted towards it after the game as well. You would have come away from that thinking, you know what, we'll have better performances, we'll have better days, better conditions, roll on to the next one. But to snatch, not, not snatch, but to grab a winner right at the end from an unlikely source was tremendously satisfying. See, when, see when we scored the early goal, Melly, I thought, this is it. I thought, here we go again. Get, get settled yeah, in. This yeah. is going to be another one. No, no. Let's give the listeners a, the, the real picture. I will... Disown you, then I'll credit you as well, so don't worry about that. Okay. So before every game, in the group chat, I've got a bad feeling about today. <laughs> well, James I was right this time, wasn't I? Yeah. Up until the 90th odd minute. Bad feeling, but it got to about the 70th minute when, just before the Johnny Hayes chance, I thought, this is starting to turn, Celtic are starting to come into this. I think 
Hayes missed that chance and then Ayer put that ball across that mm, yeah. uh, Forrest and Edward dropped for the cutback and it went into the six yard box and after that I thought we, we could we could snatch one here and you did say we'll win this now mm. so fair play to you there but that was it thanks very much Melly the, me- the, me- <laughs> the momentum just swung in Celtic's favour and we didn't rip we'd, we sort of create a couple of chances but he just felt if somebody's going to score here it's going to be Celtic and see if we do it's game over because we ain't going to lose that game and we're not going to draw it I'm going to cut out the bit where he gives you credit <laughs> <laughs> just leave him just schneiding me <laughs> um, McGregor loved that goal didn't he yes. oh yeah yeah I, was that, weirdly I think he said in commentary it was his first ever goal against Aberdeen I was quite surprised yeah, by that I um, believe that and he's 10th of the season I believe he's been which, banging them in yeah, since since, I think that's four since they came back or at least Oh no, fifth, sorry, since uh, we come back from uh, the winter break, uh, that'd be Thistle, Ross County, and then three in a row against Motherwell, Hearts, and Aberdeen. So, scored uh, as many as Rangers, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, running, we're, we're doing that thing again where we're running out of ways to say, we're running out of ways to talk about how good Callum McGregor's been. Absolutely vital. The vital. linchpin. Yeah. The linchpin yeah. to everything that Celtic does at the moment is yeah. Callum McGregor. The old Benny Lynchpin, as Stevens' t shirt says, Benny Yes, Lynch. that's right. Maybe they'll get that. No nope. point. <laughs> <laughs> He's realised. You better believe that's staying in. <laughs> I was thinking about this as well. See, with McGregor playing so well, and maybe next season being a season too far for Scott Brown, do we really need a replacement? I know we should yes. bring in somebody, but McGregor. Chris Staten and Cham that gives me well, that touches me in places that I want to be touched well what what I was going to say was the thing about McGregor and Chris Staten and Cham and replacing Brown we don't need to replace Brown I don't think so much as the quality of football because no. I don't think there's any any discussion about the fact that he's, he's diminished as a footballer over the past season and a bit but that leadership on the pitch yeah. you need to find someone that wants to step up and give you that um, so it's going to be very difficult because there's very few players or teams that have people like that that's a dying breed these days yeah well we've got Soro <laughs> Kawasi he's only out on loan guys so don't, give up, don't give up oh, so he, is. he did aye Kawasi got a ligament injury yeah another devastating injury for Kawasi that boy that boy just need luck, luck. Oh. lots of money though but just no luck yeah yeah um, another man who seems to have no luck with injuries Jozo or was that a was that a injury swap or was that a because yeah, he came out for bit on it's a management thing rather than a straight injury oh, I think. you just have to ma- manage and be careful with yeah. it I see it was weird that I saw Julian get man of the match when I thought it was clearly Ayer because Ayer's probably had his best game in a while there uh, Julian I think he was surprised when he got he it was, as well yeah. uh, the back three was a bit ropey again we've said it the past couple of weeks look it's there's a lot of things that need to hand out there's mm. a, maybe a lack of leaderships people taking names there's a couple of times two players are going for the one ball the goal we conceded was an absolute shocker Beaton just drifts out Lee Griffiths leaves his man as well and there's two Aberdeen players lined up the back post it's just a simple cross in from the second phase really it's a goal we shouldn't be conceding but we did and to be fair to Aberdeen they probably deserved that they didn't open us up at all but they were given as good as they got and that that in Scottish football means you should be level according to everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. If you're curious about the three five two and the way Celtic have been playing recently, we are recording a special episode of the Tactics Board for Patreon next week. Um, myself and Blair are going to sit down and we're going to analyse the benefits of the three five two. Why yeah. Celtic might have switched. We're going to look at the old formation and make a few predictions on up and coming games. Looking forward to it. I always learn something. So did I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were you surprised to see Celtic go with the three five two in this one, Melly? No, I, I was... thought with well, I'll t- let me let me caveat that first of all. 
with Elio Nussi back fit, mm-hmm. I, I thought we're going to maybe try and get him in the team. And I thought we can't really do that with the three-five-two. Not the way Neil Lennon's been playing it recently. No, you can't. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. So until it is broke, yeah. which, yeah, which is usually too late yeah. to have having fixed it. Well, no, because we changed it during the game and yeah, we did. But the three-five-two, you couldn't argue five-nil against Hearts. Fair enough. We've been every away game we've played since the turn of the year. We've went with this. It's tried and tested, and it, look, it just didn't work. But what will we do? You could do the old Ronnie plan A is not working. Just do plan A better. Yes. Well, we didn't. We had a plan B. We switched it up. Unfortunately, uh, Taylor had to go off injured early on, and unfortunately, Johnny Hayes had okay, to come on. Okay, stop. So here's a trigger warning for anyone listening to this podcast. Trigger we're going warning. to be, we're going to talk about Johnny Hayes right now. Oh, if you're a Johnny Hayes fan, feel free to fast forward. Press that thirty second fast forward button. Eight minutes. Yeah, <laughs> ten times. No, um, Johnny Hayes. I've defended Johnny Hayes a couple of times. In the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have sort of been vehemently against Johnny Hayes. Stephen in particular and, and Melly, you, you, we all agree he's not good enough, but what I said was he's bringing something to the side that the other two aren't. And I think Neil Lennon in defence has recognised that because Taylor started and played very well in the Hearts game and Taylor played in this game and was doing okay up until he got injured and yeah. he had to come off. So you've got Johnny Hayes. No ball and goalie in the squad again. No ball and goalie a, in the squad. A mystifying one because... Johnny Hayes is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, this is the game. This is the game for me where I was watching it, and I think anyone watching this game, see if you're watching this game, you're thinking, "We don't have the pylon. We won the game, but yeah. we need to talk about it." If you're watching that game, you think Johnny Hayes is anywhere near good enough. Go back and watch it again because he just wasn't. No, it, he's not. The, the yeah. amount of times, and I'll tell you why I think he's not good enough. Alan just says crap, right? The amount of times that Johnny Hayes gets given the ball or finds himself in positions with the ball and wastes it mm. is yeah. quite incredible. Um, but take no joy in doing this. I don't. I don't like doing this to any Enjoy player. And I know. Yeah, and I know people hate it when we we seem to be like piling on a player. But we're here to talk about the games, and that and that was part of it. But see if you do hate us talking about Johnny Hayes like this. Honestly, go back and watch a game and come come yeah, yeah, come, yeah. come to my front door. And again, I will I will have absolutely no accusations of us being negative about players on here because we've been positive about every single player who's ever played for Celtic in the entire time we've done this until such time comes yeah. if I'm not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't do it anymore. We, yeah. You can't level that as we've been positive about them all. But Johnny Hayes, he came on um, in this game and he was booed onto the pitch, which is out of order for my Celtic fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was obviously Aberdeen fans who, who didn't um, take kindly to him leaving for Celtic. But uh, it, it was Johnny Hayes. By the way, neighbour, they're Aberdeen fans. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, the dozen of you that turned up to the game in your own stadium that against the champions. Well, like. um, John, you know, Johnny Hayes isn't very good. Um, and there are v- very few players that I can remember in my adult life who have been as limited as Johnny Hayes. And I'm not going to use words like passion or that kind no. of thing, right? As limited and established as not good enough who have made quite as many appearances for Celtic. Because there's a bit of a, I don't know what the word is, but it's a reverse nostalgia about certain players from the past who came in and when the reality was they were probably just signings that didn't work out. They probably played five games and everyone just has a wee laugh back looking at them thinking, oh, he was Bishman, El Kaduri, he was rotten, he was much worse than Johnny Hayes. No, he wasn't. Like genuinely, like how could he be? And Johnny Hayes has made something in the region of about 65, 75 appearances for Celtic now. And different positions, to be fair. But yeah, I, I know. And but I'm stuttering here because I, I don't want to be doing this. But the fact is, I can't understand why he's in the squad ahead of Bolingoli if we've stuck out three and a half million pound on Bolingoli. And it, it was, 
I've got my reservations about Bowling Gully. I don't think he's great. I think he's a better left back than Johnny well, Hayes. Well, Johnny Hayes has paid 71 minutes against Aberdeen. Passing accuracy was the lowest um, from anyone on the pitch. Right. Um, Must be miles below. I can't remember. Well, two yeah. To, to be fair to him, the likes of Greg Taylor and Tom Rodgick, who were on the pitch for a far fewer time, had, had a lower passing accuracy than him. Yeah. He attempted four crosses and got none of them. And got none of them. So, you know, his contribution overall to Celtic on the day wasn't great. But I think that game is... The reason I bring Johnny Hayes up again for the sixth time in eight weeks, it mm. feels like, is because that's the... Ar- I feel like that's the archetypal Johnny Hayes performance. That's yeah. what you're going to get. A lot of running, but really, really poor quality. And he, I just found myself shouting at him so many times, mainly because he gets into good positions. We find him with the ball and you're thinking, oh man, do something with that. It's a, it's just basics, but it's pure basics. The, he gets the ball, he's trying to clear it in the left-back position, and like, how have you forgotten how to kick a ball properly? But I know he's a professional footballer, and he's much better than I've ever been. He gives everything, I will never deny that from him. But at what point do you say, look, you're giving everything, mate, but it's just not good enough? He's shanking across with nobody near him, miles out the pitch, and that's not the first time it happens. He's been on... Came on against Hearts, utterly abysmal. I want to bring it up. I don't want to bring this up, but I can't just wait until he gives away a goal and cost us because ultimately he hasn't cost us no. a goal directly, but it's going to cost us at one point. And we've got players who, Bowling Goal, I don't think's great at all, but he's a better player than him. Yeah. And he should be playing because it's going to cost us at some point. The guy just, it's not, uh, I don't want him to be good or I want him to be bad. I want him to be good, but he just simply isn't good enough for Celtic. That's not to say he's not a good player and he could go on to be somewhere else, yeah. but he shouldn't be playing for Celtic just now. Another player that probably shouldn't be playing for Celtic is Scott McKenna. I don't know if you read the, <laughs> the interview that he done midweek or before the game. It turns out he's a, he's a Celtic fan. Yeah, that his, his dad used to take it to Celtic games. He used to watch Celtic for the stand. So, you know, he can do that for the rest of his career. Good taste. Um, Shame about the defending. Aye, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty poor defender, but... Who's his uh, central defensive partner? Ash, Ash Taylor. Taylor. Those, yeah. those guys are monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the there was a I think there was a corner a moment of Scott Brown standing in between the pair of them and they've both got about a foot on Bruni. Same hearts, big lads as well. And actually I meant to mention the hearts game. That Halkett should have been booked after about three minutes for going through the back of Edward and it never came. I think it was booked later on, but then Jozo was booked for his first challenge. The, the bookies should have been flying in this game as well. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hope Celtic are bringing that up. Like, I bring up the Johnny Hayes thing because you want to bring it up before it costs you again with the book. Edward, there's players going through the back him yeah. all the time. Yeah, just holding a couple of times well, yeah. in the Aberdeen game. Somebody's going to. They've uh, done a real job in Edward because they really done a good job of nullifying him by the, the way they were treating him in this game. Every time he got the ball, as you say, someone through the back, big tasty tackle. Yeah, and it was a difficult game because we can't get the ball down and play. <laughs> <laughs> Concentrate. <keep laughs> it's a difficult game because we can't get the ball down and play. We can't really play it long just with the conditions, but. There wasn't really anything Edward could work with and he was just nullified by the, just those bruisers. But that's all Aberdeen are. They have the two at the back, yeah. they have the big man up front and they just play between that, don't they? But we just couldn't get a passing game going. One player I thought was pretty decent for Aberdeen was Lewis Ferguson. Um, oh, did you see it when Ayer scores? No. There's a lovely wee... <laughs> just when it hits the back of the net, you just see him putting both hands on his head, just absolutely gutted. And I think 
Oh, if you're a gutted son, what's your uncle and your dad going to be like? Uh, <laughs> would, you, would you sign Lewis Ferguson, Stephen? Aye, just for those reasons. That would be the best, <laughs> be best like Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> the best part of signing since Scott Allen. See, they have, they have Lewis Ferguson lifting the 10. <laughs> oh, you don't, don't say that word, but... <laughs> no, of course not. Sorry. Just, just my imagination. Um, but, Rangers uh, will sign him. Aye, eventually. It's, well, if they can afford him, it's inevitable. Um Edward, yeah, Edward wasn't allowed to get into this game. It wasn't really a game for him. He was he was roughed up. Uh, he wasn't the only attacker who spent a bit of time on the ground, right enough. Uh, did you see your boy McLennan? Oh, he's, yeah. He's oh, that dive. He's wild dive. And do you know what I thought? As soon as he did that, it was the most outrageous dive. There was nobody anywhere near him. He just went through and went down. I just sat back and thought, Right, Andy Walker, let's hear it. Do your routine. Oh. Do your tired old stand-up routine about how diving is fine. That, you know, it says garlic bread. In it. <laughs> <laughs> On you go, Andy Walker. Wait for it, wait for it. You know, I don't mind players doing it. There it is. Cheers, Andy. Somebody in the group chat, or maybe in the Discord, actually dug out him making that point in 2011. <laughs> Aye, uh, so, what so I don't tired. understand about Andy Walker is he's so quick to say, diving's all part of the game. I don't mind people doing that. But what he also hates is daft niggly fouls. Do you think? <laughs> well, they're both pretty much the same thing, aren't they? Yeah, I know. Niggly fouls as well. Um, Griffiths um, talked himself into a booking, oh, which silly. I was I was unhappy with as well because that's that's just ridiculous. That's that, that's unjustifiable, and you should be fined for something like that. As much as I've been positive about Griffiths and his uh, contribution in recent weeks since he's been back in. You can't be doing that at any level that you're not you're not a daft wee boy anymore. Lee, you can't be talking yourself into a booking because it's one of those ones where you can see the ref giving him opportunity yeah. after opportunity well, to stop talking and go away, and he's just like, mate. And then out comes the card. The, the ref should have been as quick with the cards with Aberdeen players, though. I mean, he's giving oh, yeah, cards for talking back, but he's yeah. not giving cards for these ridiculous tackles. It's Andrew Dallas, to be fair, so you're not going <laughs> to get much. But we can pan the ref, we can pan Aberdeen players, but one guy we need to give credit is Neil Francis Lennon. Changing the system up, and that's when Celtic started to take control of the game. Ryan Christie came on for Griffiths. We sort of dropped into the four three three with Christie and Forrest wide. There's a lot of people saying like get Forrest off, get so and so off. But when you see the fight the the final goal, we were sort of hindered by Taylor going off because we could we maybe brought Frimpong on. Yeah. Well, you know, could have came on, but Lennon got all the subs right. He got them all right. Christine Forrest out in the flanks that we don't really like them on, but did the job. Rogic come in for Encham. He loves a goal up at Petodre, so you can see why he done that. And when you see the goal from Celtic, it's Foster, but there's nobody else on the pitch that can take those touches like Edward could. Nobody else could see that Cal McGregor was behind yeah. him. How does he see that? Yeah. And then nobody can do what James Forrest does and take that ball, cut inside and lay it into the area. That's why you keep your quality players on because when push comes to shoving games like this, quality shines through and that's exactly what happened for that goal. Johnny Hayes goes through, smashes it at the keeper, Christopher keeps a cool head. That was a great finish by the keeper. That was a really good finish by Lovely, yeah, just passed it right into the roof, um, high up the, the net. the sound when it hits the oh, back of the net a, is tremendous. It's a, re- a really satisfying like chank or something yep. like just as it hits the kind of back Chank. <laughs> There's that split second of that. And the fans cheering because the fans are the furthest away yeah. part. Lovely stuff. Sounds a bit dirty, that, doesn't it? I think. <laughs> <laughs> Derek McInnes must have been absolutely fuming. Yeah. He, he would have been blood red mad, although you couldn't tell underneath the tan. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he, that, that defending was all over the place. And, and Christopher Ayer making a lung burst and run from the right back position, getting right up there, exactly what a fullback should be doing. So credit to Chris Ayer <laughs> for yep. taking the initiative to do that. Right place, right time. But 
the person closing him down, I think, at the time, or the nearest person to him was Shay Logan, who, who's Aberdeen's right back. Who, yeah, it was who, Ojo there as well, I was think. It? Yeah, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was an absolute mess, but, you know, credit to Ayer, as you said, Melly, done what Johnny Hughes couldn't do, he just placed it at the back of the net. And that is it. Another win. One Tipped game off. at a time. How many and games have we got left in this 11, league? 11, yeah. Not a lot. Not There's not a lot of games to go. Just to say, I, think, I thought Ayer did a bit of damage against Hearts going forward from the right-back position as well. Late on, he, yeah, looked, he looked very hungry to get forward and contribute going it's forward. Such so, a new Lennon thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Brick a brick again. Just, oh, you just uh, right-back. Ayer must have looked at him and went, eh? Yeah, there, there was some chat after the game about how, you know, is that his best position, playing right-back? Nah. No, we've seen that in the past and it's, it's not really been that successful. What I would say is that I like his confidence in going forward from right back. So, uh, I mean, uh, there's something I've been talking about for a while with the back three, where he often finds himself on the left, and I don't really like him there because he receives the ball really poorly when he's out on the left. So, for example, if you're Julian passing it from the dead centre of the park, Ayer can't take the ball in his stride. He will stick the outside of his right foot out to control it, and then all of a sudden he'll cut back. But he's so much more... Free-flowing on the right-hand side. He's not a good receiver of the ball, as they say. Ayer at right-back with 10-15 minutes to go is a different prospect from starting Ayer yeah. at right-back. So Absolutely. I, I don't know if I'd be going for that. Um, One final thing, Edwards. No, not heavily involved in this game due to the amount of fouls, but he did find time to have his second howling miss in recent weeks as well. Should have scored, but he somehow All managed right. to find the keeper who was prone on the deck. Let him off, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> then there, there was that one against Motherwell a few weeks ago as well for the hat-trick where he just... He just screwed it wide. Just proves he is human after yeah, all. Just shows you, <laughs> shows you decline, sharp decline. Again, again, the guy didn't do anything but the one moment of magic in the game, he's right in there. Same with Forrest. That's why you need these players in the park. It's just another game ticked off. Don't need to go back up to... Well, we might actually need to go back up to Pataudry depending on how the fixtures go, but very doubtful need to go back there. And as we've always said, one game at a time and you think about it, 11 games to go, that is not a lot of games. We need to drop points and maybe four or five of them for the Rangers to take mm. us over it's it's looking good so we take a break from this bum league we can do, <laughs> we can do whatever we want in this league um, and we're flying off to Copenhagen um, what country is Copenhagen in Stephen? Uh, one of the one of the north ones isn't it? one of the so tall blonde people ones exactly it? it's in uh, Denmark um, Copenhagen, Denmark Celtic in the Europa League and away leg which I know we promise ourselves we're never going to underestimate any European opponent, but I've just I've got a good feeling about this one. It's doable. It's doable. It could have been an awful lot worse. Um, not to dismiss them. They're obviously in Europe for a reason and they're, they're still hanging around. They're still obviously in the draw. But they've had a poor result at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to one of the, I think they were second bottom of the league or something. Now they, they've just, they've come back off their break though, haven't That's they? Their first yeah, game yeah their first game back. So maybe a little bit of rust. So it's a good time to be getting them, I would say. Victor Fisher is injured. Mm. Melly, third captain, according to Wikipedia. That's not a thing. <laughs> Silly. Yes, yeah, not a thing. Um, do you think this has been a favourable draw to us? Yeah, I think so. It's everything on paper, we get the second game away from home because we've done the hard part in the group. Again, when you look at it at the weekend, Lazio beat Inter Milan and they're a point behind Juventus. They are absolutely flying. Yeah. Probably went up there with the best results Celtic have had in the past, what, 10 years? Definitely yep. beat yep, Lazio. Sure. So we've done it against a better team, but we need to go out there and do our job. I don't know, maybe revert back to the 4 2 3 1, maybe a bit more stable that. You're playing yeah. in his home country. Um, that's, that's the other one <laughs> Nor- it's Norway he's from that was a test <laughs> um, yeah I think we might uh, revert back to the 4-2-3-1 I, I just 
You know why I'm saying that though? I just want to see Elinousy back. Yeah. I just I just want him back in the team and I want to find a way to fit him in there. If I remember correctly, we've got VAR in this game. I know Rangers mm, have got VAR right. in their game against Braga. Yeah, it was after the, the knockout. It was into the knockouts now, so all the games will have VAR. Sure. I, want a, I want Rangers to do it as well as they possibly can. I want them to get through that game. I want them to have as many games as possible because you know what part of me thinks they'll be looking at this game going, losing this might not be the worst because then we don't have any other focus apart for this league. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And no, not for me, Jeff. No? No, I want them to get pumped, absolutely pumped. I don't want them to get a penny more in gate receipts. I don't want them eventing. Celtic should be able no, to do yeah, their own yeah. job from now on. We've got a decent enough lead. Shouldn't be worried about what they're doing. Yeah, he's absolutely right. I just... Um, I was making a slightly facetious point. Yeah, I can, I can see. I can see the point from from their point of view where they think you know if a race is run in Europe. We'll probably be better concentrating on other things. But now you're right. You don't want to see them get anything at all. Um, and if anything, if there's anything, this podcast. Say anything more. <laughs> if there's anything, this podcast has been missing over these last few years. It's an opportunity to whinge about VAR. Oh, imagine it. Imagine I'm it forward to that. Yeah. That'll be good. <laughs> So we will do a full uh, Patreon preview of the yeah. up-and-coming Copenhagen tie. Um, we will also have our vlog live, not live from Copenhagen, it almost sounds better when you say live. <laughs> live. We'll have our vlog live from Copenhagen and then um, we'll also have the Melly, Jamie and Stephen at the match following the Copenhagen game. All that available on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, One final thing before we go, I okay. wanted to just give a wee shout-out because we mentioned him last week, Michael Stewart um, has been has been removed oh, from did you the see him B- in the boxing? Yep, he's been removed from the BBC platform, so he's been busying himself by posting his workouts for some reason uh, on Twitter, <laughs> punching bags and doing stretches and Kicking stuff like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> power sit-ups and so on. That's where you get to the top of the set and throw two punches and go back down. <laughs> He's doing that, but it's it's not really him I want to talk about because obviously he's not on the the BBC platforms. So they have on sports scene they have removed one controversial pundit. They can't be having that. Can't be having that kind of heat. So they need to get Michael Stewart off. So they've replaced them with Malcolm McKay. Oh, <laughs> easy, safe. One of those sort of words. One of sort of words you'll be throwing about oh, when the mates get turned off. Malky, God love him. I mean, I know it's a long time ago, and everyone probably deserves a second chance and all that. But the timing of that is hilarious to get I... rid of Michael Stewart and stick in Malky McKay. Think bravo. about it for a second. I know, bravo BBC. I've been, I have been enjoying Michael Stewart's uh, that that boxing image he posted. <laughs> you like all those sort of all the mad overhand rights yeah. coming through right over his shoulder, throwing punches for his back pocket. Ah, you're like, oh, Michael, Michael, with his thumb on the inside. <laughs> 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 and on that. Uh, Michael Stewart workout bombshell <laughs> we will wrap up this nonsense um, thanks to everyone who downloads and listens to this podcast if you like us um, just leave us a wee review on iTunes it takes literally two seconds and it helps us out immensely um, if you'd like to hear more nonsense from us you can check out patreon.com slash 20 minute tims uh, but most of all just thanks for listening <laughs>
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.